Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. On today, we're going to have a light and lively conversation about marketing in cybersecurity, some of the pitfalls, downfalls, uh, challenges, and even successes, I hope. And uh, today we have Emmy Lebert, who is the Marketing Director for Stealth ISS Group. Emmy, welcome today. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Yes, this is definitely an interest of mine. I border into marketing all the time. You see, what we do here is a lot of outreach and uh, that uh, credentialization, uh, how you, you know, professional relationship with the cybersecurity industry borders with marketing and getting out new products and that message is a challenge. So, but give us a little bit of your background, how you got to be uh, doing what you do. Okay, yeah, so I started at Stealth Group, which is a cybersecurity service provider company. Uh, a little bit over a year ago, and I, I got into this industry honestly because I knew, I knew a little bit about it, and I was like, man, that cybersecurity just sounds awesome. It sounds so cool, and I really wanted to get in it. So I was like, how can I, how can I get into this industry? So marketing, of course, because I definitely am a creative soul, and I found this job, and I, I, I got it, and. Um, so I've been doing it just a little bit over a year and it's been one of the most challenging and best years of my entire life. Just, it is a, it's a crazy thing to market and it yeah. changes really quick. Yeah. So I just curious how you said you, you knew a little bit about it. How did you get that knowledge of a little bit about it that, that made you want to be in it? I actually was an assistant to an IT consultant, which sounds weird, but um, so I just helped him with his day-to-day business and getting his business off the ground. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, cybersecurity came up a lot in conversation Mm -hmm. and he did not necessarily know how to address it, but it just stuck in my head. Like, okay, this cybersecurity thing. So I went on and researched it and I was like, this industry is a good one to be in. Because yeah. it's not going anywhere. It's just, and, and it's it's super relevant. And it, you see these hacks and you see this, all these cyber attacks all the time. And there's, it's just like, we can't even keep up with it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's, I want to, I want to be in this industry somehow. Yeah, definitely. It seems like a growth industry. And I, I'm, I'm liking it when I see more people like yourself that are in tangentially connected uh, business practices to cybersecurity, it, mm-hmm. becoming involved with the cybersecurity industry because they say, yeah, they look at the, the potential here. Now let's let's connect this to what I do in marketing, sales, mm-hmm. or whatever else, uh, whatever vocation. So if you step back and said, okay, now what 
challenges do you see day to day with with this industry versus you know something you might not see or didn't hear of when you're studying marketing this is specifically challenging to this industry so i actually did not study marketing so i um all the challenges are very new to me and a lot of it is just credibility and there's a lot of dishonesty from vendors in this industry and i don't think there is a lot of educate i don't know i don't want to say there's not a lot of educated there's a ton of educated people but there's not a lot of marketers aren't taking the responsibility to educate themselves on what they're selling to accurately selling it, sell it. So you just get a lot of like pushing out the email lists and uh, cliche messages coming across. Yeah, you get the, here is a stat that I saw on this report by every marketer ever. And there's nothing more, there's no more in depth research around it. Yeah. The, hey, everybody's getting hacked by our product. We write back, though, after these messages from our sponsors. Yeah. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. All right, welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. Today, talking to Emmy Lebert. And I know I made a, a crack there right before the, the, the break. But um, we hear that all the time. The world's being hacked. You know, here's all the stats of what's wrong by our product. What do you think of that one? Yeah, so it's, it's just kind of an outlandish claim. I mean, you have no clue that your product could fix so-and-so's problem. And you don't know that problem. You, you just can't make these outlandish claims and then feel like someone's going to trust you. So your our audience just ha- just hates us. I mean, they really do not like ourselves and marketing people. You, I went to RSA this year, and afterwards, you know, I loved it. I was like, oh, so pretty. Look at all this marketing stuff. And then I get on LinkedIn, and these users were like, oh my gosh, like all the lies and all this, like all these outlandish claims. That was terrible. And I was like, oh. I thought it was all really nice, but then I looked at what their examples and what these people were saying. And I was like, you know, it's true. I mean, there is there are all these people saying like, oh, I could have stopped the Equifax breach, and it's like, yeah, you don't know that. You have no clue. You mm-hmm. weren't there. You didn't stop it. So how? Like, I don't know. It's just tell the truth, speak authentically, and I hate using that word because it's so overused, but it's true. And like, don't you know, you, you can't say you can 100% secure somebody from that cyber attack, yet every other business is saying that. Interesting. So the audience you're marketing to, and you, we said this before, the, the show is, is tired of hearing yeah. that. And I, I 
I just I, I, I totally agreed with everything you said, and I've been in that situation. I walked through RSA. I didn't go this year because I went last year, and when I walked through, I felt exactly like what you said those people were saying. Now, I look at every solution, and I know enough about what they're doing, and if I don't, I ask them and find out to find out whether that those claims are out, outrageous or whatever. Um, and um, I, you do hear that, and I'm tired as well. Vendors are coming at us. Um, there's a thousand applications. How do any of them work together? How do they solve our problem? You know, what does it do? Let's just disengage. Yeah, and it's almost like it is. That's really tiring, especially for people who may not be extremely extroverted to have to dig in and to basically investigate the vendors to see if they're telling the truth or not. And I mean, after you do that for, I mean, there's thousands of people at these places. After you do it twice, you're just like, I'm over it. Like, <laughs> so you have to be the first two booths. They do. You have to be the first two booths as you as they walk in to get get the people evaluating your first two products, right? Yeah. You know what do you and what did you feel about when you look at the difference between some of the the big companies and it won't name any names to just keep it kind of general, but the big companies versus the small companies versus um, maybe even startups. You know where did you see the the most confusion in in this maybe unrealistic, untrue, or um, you know just tired of what they're saying. Is it big companies, small companies, startups? Where does it lie? Um, I think it's a little bit of a mixture, honestly. I I cannot tell you enough about just like the te- what they're selling technically, but I know some of those big companies. You know, everyone knows what. The, a lot of these big companies do, and it's it's not a surprise. It, I think it's more those mid-sized companies that are they're 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 rolling in, they're breaking into this huge thing, so they're just grasping every straw to get some message out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the majority of the smaller startup companies, the people that you would see at the perimeter of RSA. They're really authentic. You have the president sitting there at the booth excited to talk to you and you're going to have a real conversation with somebody like that versus the random marketing coordinator or whatever who's sitting at the booth of one of the bigger companies. So I think you're going to get more honest conversations with the smaller companies, but you there's really no surprise in what company, huge company X is selling. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that, too, the huge company X sits there and their marketing ploy is we're big. We serve a lot of people. Trust us. And the, yeah. the middle tier has to try to to reach out and become that. So they are making the big claims about, you know, we can do this. And uh, and the small ones are like you said, they're just like, hey, we're sitting here because we're passionate about solving one problem. And here's what that solution is. But it's not in the midsize or the big application yet. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot better. Yeah. Um, so how do we be credible? What do you, from a marketing professional's uh, perspective, what approaches would you recommend or have you taken? I think the, I think there's a couple approaches. I think is making it a point to educate yourself on what you're doing and understanding that 
deeply and not taking the easy way out. Getting a stat and pulling that up and saying, hey, we can prevent that. That is just such an easy kind of lazy approach to marketing. Mm -hmm. And marketing is not meant to be easy. So take the time to educate yourself and ask questions. I think people are scared to ask questions to their the CISO of the company or whoever their threat intel team, whatever, whoever they need to ask questions to, but ask questions and really take time to get that knowledge about what you're selling before you start selling it. Mm-hmm. So and I, I'll go ahead. I, I just think that is a great first step that is missed a lot. Yeah. Well, and I know what, when we started talking, you immediately said, I'm not a technical person. Um, and it's like you're preempting that. I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. Insecurity <laughs> yeah, I- or something along those lines. Um, but so often, and and how comfortable is it with you going to somebody and asking a question when you might feel like, you know, I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. What do you mean? How comfortable do I feel doing that? Yeah. I mean, how do you get over that? You said, go talk to people, find out how it is. But a lot of times you get a lot of nods and people just, they don't want to ask because they don't want to make it known that they might not know or feel comfortable with, you know, what, what they're doing. I think that is just such a, a personal obstacle. I don't under, I don't think there's necessarily like a, tip or trick to go ask somebody. I just think you have to do it. I mean, they say growing up, like there's no, there's no dumb questions, ask anything. And that's true. No one is going to, you're not going to ask an intelligent question and someone be like, Oh, how dare you ask me this? Like, that's just, that's never going to happen in your life. So just, just ask your questions. And if you don't get a solid answer, go ask somebody else. Somebody will be happy to help you. So it might be finding the right person to ask the questions. Also, because yeah. I have actually had that happen to me where I've asked a question and people have given me that such a dumb question. Uh, and it was when I, you know, my earlier years in cybersecurity, especially, and I was like, whoa, and it, it changed my, my willingness to talk to that person in the, in the future. Yeah. And that's, that's unfortunate. I, I don't think I've ever had that happen. <laughs> um, but also if I were to have somebody kind of brush me off, I would just be like, you know, that person's not worth asking again and move on and not take anything really personally because someone out there is going to be more than happy to teach you and help you along the help you. I mean, there's so many groups on Facebook that, or just Slack or something, somebody will help you. Yeah. Yeah. And we're getting that way. I'd say earlier on in the industry, when I got into it 20 years ago, there was not, anybody but that one person in the company that felt like you were wasting his time when you talked to him. Um, but that has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we're looking at marketing, one of the other points you had made was going after the right market, the right audience. Um, when you're selling cybersecurity, who is your audience? Well, how do you adre- address who that audience is? What do you, I think. well, well hold on a minute. We are going to, before I, we get into answering that question, We're going to take a break here from our sponsors. We'll be right back.
you have a wide audience and it definitely depends on what you're selling. But I think a lot of people are going after this CISO and that is not the best prospect. Um, these, these people are getting so many emails a day and so many calls a day and they're, they're trying to do something completely different. Uh, your buyers are actually going to be those functional managers who are influencing that overall decision. So when you are marketing your white paper, it's not the CISO who's going to be downloading that white paper. It, like, they're not going to be the one calling you and placing the order. I mean, obviously, it depends on the size of the company and the what type of security team that they have. But it's it's more those managers and director kind of roles that are really influencing the decision. Mm-hmm. So as a marketer, stop tiring out the CISO and bombarding them with all this information that they don't necessarily have time or want to be reading. Okay. So Mark, so in, in cybersecurity, I found myself being kind of tangentially in the marketing uh, arena that there isn't very strong of a consumer audience. And like you said, everybody's going after the decision maker. But then that that middle tier manager oftentimes doesn't have the authority to make decisions, and it seems like you're stuck in a in a three way catch twenty two. You know which which do you target first? Everybody's indebted that has decision making authority. You know how do you navigate that environment? You have to have kind of a multi dimensional mes- messaging around your product. It needs to hit the pains of everyone and the pains that you're hitting that the manager may be seeing needs to support the pains of the CISO or the CEO. So it's really taking time to understand what are those actual pain points and know it's not meaning like, okay, I need to be able to stop this, this threat right here, but it's like, Hey, I'm tired. I don't, I don't, I'm going through all of these uh, alerts and I'm sick of it. And then your CISO is like, my, I want to keep my staff on board. Like They're getting so tired, they're going to leave. So there's just all these different things that you need to put into play to hit everyone's pains from the manager to the CISO. So it's just really having that well-rounded messaging. Okay. So is that, is that a – do you take the approach of um, mailing lists, blogs? What's your method of kind of doing that, hitting all these targets? Seems like a – with, a, with an audience that might not want to engage with a lot of things, like you said, uh, they're tired, they're worn out, more might be less. I, I'm just curious what your thoughts are. We definitely live in a time where there's so many different ways you can get a message across and you can't neglect one. And it's it's tiring, especially for small marketing teams. But some people want to get a message in a YouTube video and some people want to get in a podcast and some people want to read a blog. So you kind of have to do it all. I don't think you can neglect one area. So, I mean, you hear this all the time, like content is king, content is everything. So you just have to trial and error until you find kind of your sweet spot. Yeah. So how would you say content is king? Content and and I I've um I've seen you know the social media blogger that comes out with a whole bunch of content every couple of hours they have something coming out and it's not relevant at all to anything that I've ever seen but yet it just keeps coming out keeps coming out um, how do you vet that content 
is valuable and not just indication of more information? Uh, that's a tricky one. I, I think, I mean, I do think it's a little bit of a trial and error and mm -hmm. having to see what your audience responds to, but you also have to be careful not to cross that line of just being annoying. Mm -hmm. And so you can, you can definitely put too much out there. So I, I think it's taking time to have something quality, to research it, to make sure that it hasn't been in cycle by a hundred other people be unique to yourself, your brand, your company mm -hmm. or yourself, just depend, depending on who you're trying to market. But just you, something will stick. S something will catch somebody's attention, whether it be a podcast, whether it be a YouTube video or a white paper or whatever. And if you can just bank on that and roll off of the hype, then I think that's where you're going to find success. Yeah. So you think, you know, reputation um, and knowing your audience, what there was something else that we had talked about. Um, the, the uh, you know, we say content is king, but there's so many people saying, oh, this is the one size solution that fits everything. How do you balance that and say, well, let's be honest about what it is that we're doing? I think that is... There's kind of a there's kind of a personal responsibility with that mm -hmm. that you as a company you don't want to say the minute you make a claim like that and someone corrects you or someone says hey you don't do that you don't cover this then you're you've kind of shot a hole in your brand mm -hmm. so as a business owner or as a marketer because a marketer you're tied directly to your work like make a point to be honest and I, I there's definitely a, a very social responsibility to that and you can't train somebody to be honest either someone is an honest person or not that's just my own opinion so i i just think you have to do, have that personal responsibility yeah you know i think i've, I've heard a lot of people there that they're not dishonest um they they have a solution in one industry that works for what they made it for um but then they might just might not know a, another industry it might not be as effective for but uh the the um you know I, i've heard so many of those claims that are yes they're they're viable from that person's perspective um but maybe they're just getting passed on by somebody else and uh it's just a that credibility piece comes back around but we started out talking about you know um how that there's no dumb question right yeah ask anybody right find out what it is but in marketing of cybersecurity it is a very critical audience and i've heard you said that a lot you've been catching your your uh kind of com checking your comments and saying yeah people come back and try to put a hole in what you're doing mm -hmm. so it does actually seem very critical it's almost like um that industry is looking for a problem. There's, it's, it's you know, let's hack everybody. Anybody comes yeah. out and says something, let's find the hole in it. So now everybody's got a hole in it. So now we don't do anything. And it seems like a, we're stuck in that cycle. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that, that is definitely a cycle. And I think that's what makes marketing for cybersecurity 
super challenging is that you have to break through this. There's a definitely a, like the negative glasses on looking at everything, mm-hmm. which that risk-based approach <laughs> to everything. And I think it takes time and it takes nurturing the people around you. It takes building relationships first to get past that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just, they care about their company and their brand and their performance goals. And they'll try to meet those at the expense of their prospects. Mm-hmm. And so for us to get past that is to work on building a relationship first, work on nurturing the people. You know, you may not get a sale out of them immediately, but you have a lifelong you know, friend in the business. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the most important things. And I do think cybersecurity is actually really good at building a community. Once you have that trust of the people around you, it's like you're in, you're in this exclusive club. And it's, we could use more of it. Yeah, I definitely see that. I, um, one of the things that I always see as a challenge is how much of a niche it is. There's, there's not very many people that engage with it. And I won't say not very many people. I would say in comparison to other, say, mainstream like music industry or uh, somebody putting stuff out about uh, home products or whatever, the engagement is a thousand to one that they're, you know, very small as far as the people that are concerned about that industry. Like uh, in in the looking at the following for this show, we have uh, over six thousand CEO titled individuals, but in an audience of maybe fifty thousand, that's a big number. But they're very small as far as if I did podcasting about pets, I have a hundred thousand to a million views, and it's it's a whole different scope. Where cybersecurity, we're lucky if we get fifty thousand a month, type of thing. Uh, but it's just such a small audience, and it's taken so many years to build that. It's so niche. How do you, um, you know, how do you ad- arrange for marketing in such a small niche audience? I think I, I have a question for you. Yeah. So. I mean, cybersecurity is still a relatively newer industry. I mean, we weren't there for the beginning of the music industry or for the beginning of pets. Like, we don't know how long it took for that to become such a community. So, it, it happens relatively quick, though, believe me, in comparison. I think we're there. I think we are on the roll of it becoming a bigger and bigger and bigger community. I mean especially since all this coronavirus stuff has gone on there. I've seen so many webinars come up where it's just multiple people gathering together and mm-hmm. from bit like from all these different businesses and just, just like, you know, building an audience, building a group and having a community. And I don't think a, having a niche is a problem. I actually think that's a really good thing for marketing because you are, it's exclusive. It's going to be so much harder to market a collar brand for a dog than something that's super new and exclusive. And I, I don't think 
niche, niche, whatever is an issue. Okay. I think I just think having a small community is is actually pretty good. Yeah, I think it's it's a different sales approach though, where you're you're now your sales is into that audience of decision makers because that's who's engaging, and it has to be large scale sales. It's not like a caller like you use the example where you're selling a caller to a hundred thousand people. You're selling a hundred thousand dollar piece of software to one person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, go ahead. I, I see the challenges and I I can't I don't necessarily have a huge opinion on it on the differences because I have never marketed a caller to an audience. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know the challenges with that to make mm-hmm. a, a reasonable comparison. So No. We had um I did a show on the local uh uh TV network here in uh were in Colorado Springs and uh, they released the show to podcast after, after we recorded it. So I circulated it with my audience and uh, I got a call from them the next day and said, how did you get such big numbers on that? I said, what? And I was like, look, we only had like 50 people. And they said, well, we, we get, have 190,000 circulation in the community and we put something out, we get two or three. So the, the niche is different, but yet the traditional marketing putting out to everybody doesn't engage this niche audience. Yeah. Um, but for marketing cybersecurity, why do you want to go outside of your audience? I mean, if the audience is small and it's a very niche audience. I mean, you're not trying to, right. For me personally, I'm not trying to market to Susan soccer mom Mm -hmm. who has nothing to do about cybersecurity. I'm trying to market to that niche audience. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't necessarily think about why am I not hitting all these huge numbers and getting this huge audience because I would rather have a smaller more personal targeted audience than large numbers. I think you you hit that nail on the head and I uh, that's a, a a good comment, but at the same time I think when we started out talking about people in dating and sending out recurring messages and every 2 hour post on Twitter and and social media, they are taking that same approach as traditional marketing instead of hitting that niche market. Uh, I think there's a few reasons for that. And I think a lot of it, it has to do with just how these use Twitter as example. I mean, to you as a, a consumer, you're going to be following, you know, the cybersecurity brands that you like, and then you're also following those personal brands that you like, mm-hmm. you know, your Apple, Apple fit, I don't know, whatever those things. And to get past the noise of these other big consumer brands, you kind of have to act like one. You have to have blend that B to B and B to C tactics together because although you're not competing with them, you are competing on the same space on those same platforms. So you kind of have to keep up with their, their quantity. So the name, which, the name recognition, 
just being in front of everybody. Yeah, because I mean, how the social media platforms work using LinkedIn, for example, they're only showing you the things that you're actively engaging with. Mm -hmm. So if you're engaging with this consumer brand that has nothing to do with cybersecurity, then me as a cybersecurity marketer, I'm competing with that consumer brand to show up on your feed, to show up in front of you. So I think that's probably where you get a lot of the, let's just get stuff out so we are seen, but then you're getting this Mm -hmm. these outlandish messages out. Yeah. So, and is the the rate of return on those, uh, if uh, you, you seem to be saying you might have some experience with it, is the rate of return on those making what your expectations are? Or is it Reword just seem, that question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if I put out a Twitter feed every hour or every 10 minutes, um, is it working to engage the cybersecurity audience? I think it depends what your messaging is. I think if you do the right messaging, if you're if you're having your authentic voice, if you're helping people, then yes, that is going to be there's going to be a huge return on that. If you're building a brand, if you're just putting out messages to put out messages, then it's going to hurt you. Yeah. And you don't want it can make or break you. Yeah. But you have to be strategic about it. I think that's the balance is in, in marketing the make or break you, where's that line? And uh, it sounds like even like you and I are both in the middle of this and I'm reaching out for any, you know, questions on, does this work? Do, do we do that? Um, you know, we try to minimize putting things out twice a week, one newsletter a week, just because we don't want to indate people and things like that. But um, the, uh, the social media, I, I get stuff across my feed that sometimes I'll just turn it off because it's like, okay, it's inundated. But yeah, yeah the um, it just seems like there's a there's a balance there. There's this is a little bit different industry. The the niche has a different approach. But uh, I appreciate the talk and really this is kind of almost like a a um, a consulting interview. We're both asking questions about well, how does this work for you? How does this work for you? <laughs> uh, and I think it is a challenging industry to market to. But I appreciate your input and your your candid uh, kind of answers to that. I know some of the questions are a little difficult. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining today, Emma. And uh, I will, uh, in, in closing here, is there anything you want to get out to our audience, things you do, services you offer? Go ahead and uh, make that call now. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a plug for Stealth Group. Uh, we are a, um, we're a full service uh, managed cybersecurity provider. And we can solve an array of problems that an organization might face. And we kind of came up with this multidimensional approach to cybersecurity where we do everything from, you know, assessments through to forensics. And we prioritize our recommendations. We, we try to give you a bang for your buck, basically. Um, uh, the multidimensional cybersecurity, we are... We'll be launching that campaign soon. You can kind of see some of it here and there being tested on our media and our website. But it is a really cool diagram that we've worked up that will be on our website here shortly. It's cool to look at just from a cybersecurity professional of all the different dimensions and all the different just parts of cybersecurity that is in this industry. Because, you know, a lot of people will focus on one, they'll focus on assessments or someone will focus on incident response and this just kind of shows you a big picture of it all okay. so 
So and yeah. what's your site that people could look at? Stealth-iss.com. All right. There you go, stealth-iss.com. Thanks, Emmy, for being on today, and uh, you have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to New Cyber Frontier. Remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed, bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert. Just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.